Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions and B-L-E-A-V in Jets. That's right. We have a very special episode with the star running back with over 4,800 yards and 37 touchdowns at the University of Maryland. The second round pick for the Jets with 31 touchdowns in the NFL, Lamont Jordan and his co-host, the electric microphone of New York City, Andrew Golden, here to join us. Thank you so much for having us, Jack. That's the best intro I've ever had. Oh, what? you're so welcome. You you both deserve it. Both very accomplished in your fields. I'm just happy to uh, to make your acquaintance. Yeah, I felt like I was on a pay-per-view event right now. <laughs> my co-host jerry ball he says he feels like he's on the way to a boxing ring when i do his intro and getting ready for a world title fight yeah that's usually how i feel when lamont tells me all the things i get wrong when we do our breakdowns <laughs> is it a lot lamont if you listen to the show you'll hear a whole lot of i agree i agree i agree <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope you also agree that Bet Online is the place to go for all your betting needs. They're here to wish us a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. And we've got a game coming up too. Are you guys ready for the Senior Bowl next week? Very ready. Very excited. Man, it's already here. Sheesh. It came up quick. It feels like just yesterday we found out that our beautiful coaching staffs would be heading to the Senior Bowl. I'm excited. There's a lot going on here. What uh, what kind of storylines are you most looking at, Lamont? Um, for me, I'm just really interested in seeing, you know, after the Senior Bowl, where these coaches have these guys that they had an opportunity to see. Um Way back yonder, um, I had a chance to play in the Senior Bowl back in 2001. Um, I actually finished as one of the offensive MVPs for the team that I was on. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm excited for the players. I know coming out of Maryland, we never went to a bowl game. So I was only able to play against ACC opponents. And then, um, as you call them, some of the cupcake games 
the easy win games. And so for me, the, the senior bowl was an eye opener, um, you know, playing against guys from the SEC and just all over the place. It was an exciting time for me. So I'm really excited for these guys who never got a chance to, um, you know, maybe never got a chance to play big time other other teams outside of their conference. I'm really excited for those guys and for the Jets coaching staff. Um, this is a great opportunity, especially in a draft where I just don't think that from a quarterbacking standpoint that this is going to be a draft at the top that's dominated by quarterbacks. So knowing, knowing where the Jets are picking, I'm really excited for, for, for our coaches to have this opportunity because it's a huge, huge opportunity to see firsthand how a guy practices, what it does, what a guy does after practice, how do they rebound from a big hit, things of that nature. I remember, and I'm sorry if I'm going on, but I remember my first practice, you know, first time in pads, I'm remembering the practice tempo, like in Maryland. I was like, okay, I'm not really going to run hard. I mean, I'm running hard, but you're not running to run anybody over. And I remember Brandon Spoon, linebacker for Carolina. Now, him and I went to war against each other for years. So I'm thinking, all right, I got, I'm just kind of, you know, running, doing my thing through there. And wow. I mean, he just knocks me down. It was a good hit. I don't think he ever hit me like that in the game. But it was at that moment that that it woke me up like, oh, shoot. OK, this is what it is. And from there on for the rest of the week, I understood the tempo. So, I mean, I can go on and on about about the senior bowl. And the thing that I, one of the things that I like best out of this is that it's in Mobile, Alabama. It's practically nothing out there. So these guys don't have a whole lot of distractions that really you get a chance to focus on football. A chance to focus on football with some of the best and brightest minds in the game. And it's also really exciting what the Senior Bowl is doing this year with the HBCU coaches coming onto the staffs to build those connections with the historical black college and universities and the NFL coaching staffs. Yeah, you're always going to have that. Um, but with, with, with what Dion is doing down there at Jackson State, this is definitely a great opportunity for the HBCUs. Um, I remember playing in the game. We, matter of fact, I think we were playing the Detroit Lions when I was with Oakland. And my old line coach from back in high school was the head coach at, at Bowie State. And, you know, I mean, that's a local, but it's, I mean, heck, it's, it's a black university. Um, one of the players that I spoke to when I went to visit him came up to me after the game was like, Hey, you remember me? I was like, Oh shoot. He was like, you told me I could make it and I'm here. And so my message in that is it really doesn't matter what school you go to. And this is a great opportunity for the HBCUs. What it comes down to, what it comes down to is this, can you, or can you not play against top competition when you get the opportunity? And that's what the senior bowl is all about. You hear every year there's these risers. Everyone, we know now, Debo Samuel, absolute star in the NFL. But if you talk to anyone at the Senior Bowl when he was there, they knew it was coming. And it's nice because the cream, as, as Macho Man Randy Savage says, the cream always rises to the top. So I'm excited to see who rises to the top of this one. And I know, Andrew, you've got a lot of opinions on it who those risers will be. 
Yeah, uh, I actually had a lot of fun this morning. I had time off work. I uh, had some family out of the house, had some nice peace and quiet. And so I just got to dive head first into this Senior Bowl roster uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, actually, since they were really first announced. And I got a handful of guys on the Jets roster that I saw that I really liked and I highlighted a couple different positions. First things first, uh, this is a guy we didn't even talk about off air, Jack, uh, that I saved for the show because this was probably the best tape I watched today. And that is the wide receiver Romeo Dubs from Nevada. This dude is a dog. There is no other way I can describe him. If you look up natural receiver in the dictionary, it's a picture of him making a contested grab. Uh, he is and has excellent hands. He's got good speed. He's about 6'2", 200, so he's got good size. He's not undersized. He can play on the outside, no problem. He's played in the slot. His route running is really, really nice. Uh, he's crafty. He's able to make sharp cuts. He's not a round cutter. His hands, again, like I said, are excellent. He's got deep speed. He separates deep. Uh, there's just nothing this guy does wrong. I mean, the only things that I really wished that he was better at were being a little more effective after the catch. And he was their punt returner, which I thought was interesting. When he has room and he doesn't have to break tackles, he can get some space. But he's not really a tackle breaker. And then there were a couple other times where he's got really, really good ball tracking. And he'll make a contested grab where he's covered. Quarterback was Carson Strong at Nevada, who's a guy at the Senior Bowl on the Jet staff again. When we talk about quarterbacks for the Lions, I'm sure we'll mention him. Uh, Carson Strong, this was his go-to dude. And he would just throw it up to him basically anytime he was pressured. And there were a couple of times where Dubs had an opportunity where he would adjust back to the ball to go up and get it. And he tracks it perfectly. He gets his hands on it and it's a drop. I would have liked to see him be a little better at those circus catches, but those were the only drops he had. So if the only drops that you're making are the highlight sports center, top 10 spectacular plays that are drops and you gave yourself a position to make a play on the ball anyway, then, you know, that's, that's big for me. I liked his tape a lot. Uh, getting on the defensive side was a guy we talked about, uh, kind of a nickel safety linebacker hybrid, and that's Jalen Petrie at Baylor. Uh, he plays for Dave Aranda at Baylor. He's the head coach of Baylor. Uh, Dave Aranda is one of the most inventive defensive coaches in college football, or really football in general, the last handful of years. And Jalen Petrie plays what's called the star position for Dave Aranda. So that's a guy that he plays nickel. He plays linebacker on base downs. He plays slot corner. He'll play safety on different op uh, opportunities. And Jalen Petrie doesn't care what you make him do. He's going to do anything and he's going to do it really well. And for a guy that's a defensive back, that's probably about six feet tall, maybe about 200, 210 tops. He plays the run really well. He's no fear of getting down, doing the dirty work. They blitz him a ton. He's just a really effective player. Those are just a couple of guys that I really like. We don't spend the rest of the show getting into more, but there's a lot of guys that I think are going to rise out of this week. If I had to pick two that are going to come out of this weekend as big risers, put me down for Romeo Dubs and put me down for Jalen Petrie. Well, and it's so interesting too, because people talk all the time about how the senior bowl is made for wide receivers. Those one-on-one -on -one coverage drills, the wide receiver in the corner, the corners really don't have a fair shot compared to the receivers who have a two-way go most of the time. Exactly. So it's really easy to look good at receiver, really easy to look bad at corner. But what about for running backs? How do you stand out? Because it's hard, I imagine, to really flash on like the inside zone drills that you're running. I mean, for a running back, for the running back, um, I mean, anytime you step out there on the field, we're the one position on the offense that's not protected by rules. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter what, you know, whether it's inside zone, whether it's ISO, it doesn't matter. You have a few things in common. 
A, can you hit the hole? Before you hit the hole, are you making the right cut? Do you have an ability to read? Are you a guy that flashes because the hole is wide open? Or are you a guy that on contact you kind of cringe? You know, this is a game that as a running back, put, you know, fumbling the ball one time can have you drop. You know, you can go from a possible late round draft pick to being invited to somebody's camp because you were a free agent. Um, so, um, you know, unrestricted, you know, free agent. So from the running back position, what it really comes down to is can you can you see the right hole? Can you hit the right hole? And are you a tough runner? What type of yards are you getting after the catch? Can you make the first guy miss? So although, yes, the senior bowl, you know, it, it, it does you know, it, it is a thing that kind of plays towards the the the, the wide receivers with today's rules. I remember when I played, LaDainian Thomason was the offensive MVP for his team. I was offensive MVP for my team. There were no wide receivers that got the offensive MVP. And so to your point about how good, you know, how it, when it's easy for the wide receivers from a defensive back stand, you know, from, from a scene bowl standpoint, whether it's the rules or not, you really get an opportunity to see how good a cornerback is because it is a favorable position for the wide receivers. And so um, for me in this position, I'm more interested in watching the game. I really want to see what happens when that game is on there. Now all the cameras are on you. These reps really count now because, listen, you want to win the game. We're all competitors yeah. out there, and we want to win the game. So from a running back's perspective, you want to keep getting the ball. You want to be the guy that, that can show that you can catch the ball out of the backfield because that could be something that can get you from going fifth round to possibly third or third or second round. So there's a lot to be had for these guys out here. There is. And when you look at the running backs, could the Jets take one? Are they happy with Michael Carter? Because they have the Michigan man, Hassan Haskins, who's an absolute bull in a china shop when he runs. Just a unit to take down and officially a hero in Ann Arbor after destroying Ohio State. So what do the Jets do? Are they looking at RB? Yeah, I think they might. You know, Lamont and I talked about this a lot on our show uh, this year. We, uh, we love Michael Carter. Michael Carter is the the 1A in this backfield, and he is going to be for a long time. But He's he needs DeAndre Swift, I think. Absolutely. Or Austin Eckler. Absolutely. I, Austin Eckler is a good one. Uh, you know, I think he can be, quite honestly, I think Michael Carter can be as good as he wants to be. He was second in the NFL in broken tackles per touch this year in the entire NFL for running backs. That's, that's impressive. Number one was his teammate, Javante Williams, which I think is, <laughs> speaks to how good that North Carolina backfield was. Uh, but yeah, Michael Carter's great, but he can't do everything himself. And the one thing that Michael Carter doesn't do, and this is what Lamont and I talked about a lot on our show, is that he doesn't bring too much power when you need to just run somebody over and get tough yardage. When you need to impose your will and have the identity of being the tougher team, there really wasn't anybody on the Jets uh, running back roster that really could do that other than Tevin Coleman, who did it sparingly with his injuries. So when we're looking at running backs, I don't really think there's anybody on the Jets staff, uh, the Jets roster, other than Hassan Haskins, that fits that bruising power guy that they're going to potentially look for. I think they have their speed guys. I think they really need a hammer to go with uh, the thunder that they have in Michael Carter. Uh, so a guy on the Lions roster specifically, is Brian Robinson from Alabama yep. that I think fits that to a T. 
uh, where you look in the, the phrase I always use for guys like him is he's a hammer always looking for his next nail. And, and that is just get behind your pads, get north and south, make a cut and put a shoulder into somebody's face and run them over and do it over and over again. The Jets need a guy like that. And I think if they go outside of their own roster, it's going to be Brian Robinson. That said, I feel like Brian Robinson might go a little earlier than the Jets will be looking to add a running back. I don't think they'll be looking to add a running back until the middle of the the draft, fourth or fifth round territory. Yeah, I, I'm for me, I, you know, I'm I, I'm I don't think that we're going to look for in, in the top rounds to take a running back. No. Um, you know, Haskins. I, I had a chance. To, I was also calling the Maryland games for a few. For actually, I called a couple of his games. And I, I wasn't overly impressed. And, you know, to his credit, it could be that that, um, you know, I'm just going to say it. I just wasn't impressed. Yes, he's a big back, but you want a big back that can do more than just be a big back. You know, when mm-hmm. you talk about when you talk about some of the big backs in the league, yes, you have a you have a Henry. Henry, he's a guy that you're OK if all he does is run the ball, because, I mean, that's Derrick Henry. But you also want a back that that can also catch the ball out the backfield that can make a guy miss. I'm just not sure if Haskins is that guy. Um, I think for the Jets, I, I think that we would be better off if we bring in a back. Don't waste a draft pick on it. Let's see what the free agency market has. Let's see what type of veterans are out there, because I think that's the one thing that handicapped this Jets offense this year is that they were so young. And, and Drew, you talked about it, Tevin Coleman and what he bought, the power that he bought, but he also bought that veteran leadership. So I, I think that from the running back uh, perspective, from the running back position for the Jets, you might want to go into free agency and try to get yourself a vet, um, somebody that can kind of be that one two punch with Carter. Um, you know, I believe we still have my Terp out there, Ty Johnson. Yep. And, and Former Detroit Lion, too, who yeah, and, so, and, cut and, for and, no and, reason. And so, and so, Ty, you're looking at your, you have your third down back. You have a guy that can pass protect and things of that nature. So it's going to be interesting what the Jets do at the running back position. But I don't think that the running back position is a big concern for the Jets right now. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still bitter that the Lions cut Ty Johnson to bring in Adrian Peterson. Move made no sense. He yeah. should still be a Lion. <laughs> I'll let it go, though. I'm, Kind of with the running backs, the Lions don't really need one right now. They have DeAndre Swift as their 1A. They have Jamal Williams as their 1B. Craig Reynolds looks like a great jitterbug kind of scat back, third down back. So I'm okay if they pass on running back. And the offensive line, I'm kind of thinking it's more of a depth because they'll return all five starters and their two top reserves as well. But There are some intriguing names on the offensive line. Two mountains of men. Darian Kennard for the Lions roster. 6'5", 345, right tackle out of Kentucky. And then the Jets have Daniel Falele, the, what is he? 7'2", 480-pound tackle out of Minnesota. Yeah, 6'9", 1,200 pounds, whatever it looks like about that. Yeah, give or take. He is, he's a mammoth. Yeah, he, he is a mammoth. And the one thing with the Jets in particular, uh, and we had talked about this off air, Jack, but I wanted to save this to the show to maybe clear up a little bit of a misconception from the outside looking in. The Jets have a size preference for their tackles, for sure. They do like guys to be bigger and stronger uh, in general with their linemen. They usually don't prefer the smaller guys. They want to be the bigger, tougher team. But the thing that the reason the Jets took Mackay Beckton 
and they took him 11th overall and they took him over Tristan Wirfs is because Mekhi Becton was skilled. They still had Adam Gase at the time, but the scheme translated over to Robert Sala kind of anyway. Mekhi Becton was skilled in zone blocking. For being that big of a guy, for being as imposing and aggressive as he was, he was still athletic. He was still able to get out and move. And so I don't think the Jets are going to be looking for the guys that are just the mountains that don't have the feet and the movement skills to kind of go along with it, especially with their run scheme. You got to be mobile in this wide zone scheme. You got to be able to make your reach blocks. It's really important. So Belele in particular, I think he can move a little bit. And, and I don't think that he's a complete and total mountain. I also think Kennard can move a little bit too. And so I think that either of those guys could be fits for the Jets uh, specifically because I don't know what they're going to do with George Fant. George Fant just played left tackle uh, for Mekhi Becton for pretty much all of this season. Mekhi Becton went down halfway through the first game with a knee injury and never played after that. Um, George Fant is still on the roster. He still is signed for next year, but he might hold out. He might want a new contract, or he might not want to go back to the right side and let Mekhi Becton come back and play left tackle since he just played so great at left tackle. So I could see a scenario where George Fant gets traded and that opens the door for another tackle for the Jets if they don't re-sign Morgan Moses. Um, So the Lions in particular with you guys, I don't think you guys are going to be too interested in the offensive line, but the Jets in particular, they do need offensive line. And so not only the tackles, there's some interior guys that I think they're going to like. A lot of the the Jets fandom that I speak with and two people uh, I talk with in particular, David White, Hupton, Matt Morrow is one of my co-hosts. Those guys love Cole Strange from Chattanooga, who's a guard. Um, I would be remiss from them if I didn't mention his name on any senior bowl show whatsoever. Um, He's a guy that fits our scheme to a T where athletic mobile enough strength uh to you know be a powerful guy and not just get ran over but most importantly the movement skills the technique um there's some really good offensive linemen in this uh in this group and most importantly for anybody listening that's not a fan of the lions or jets every team needs offensive linemen if it's not at least depth so it's always good to get to know these guys yes listen i'm with you i i I think that i think the jets need another offensive lineman I think they do too. I, I really do. And whether you get them from Michigan or Minnesota, uh, I'm not sure if you show, if you watched. Uh, is it Andrew Stuber from Michigan? Drew, I'm not sure if you. I haven't gotten to him yet. Yeah, if you've gotten to him, but those are guys, especially Andrew, for the simple fact that he played in Jim Harbaugh's system, and that is an NFL style system. That was a downhill smash mouth counter. I mean, he pretty much ran everything. If you're talking about being – for me, I want an offensive lineman that's not just used to this BS read zone option stuff, but then when you have to get in third and fourth and one, he gets blown off the ball. You know, I'm looking at linemen that actually played in an NFL-type system. Um, so I love the guys from Minnesota. One thing I remember about calling those games and watching those games as I prepared for them was like, look, there's nothing you can do with this offensive line. Like these guys, they work well together. So whether you're taking alignment from Minnesota or whether you're taking alignment from Michigan, I don't think that you can go wrong with either one of those linemen right there. And, and listen, if one of those guys, especially especially Daniel, if Daniel is available for the Jets, I hope the Jets take him. Because now I think you're talking about another physical force on the offensive side of the ball. And we talked about this a yep. lot during our show was – And you said this already, Drew. Tevin Coleman was literally the only physical presence on the offensive side of the ball, including our linemen. 
Yep. You need somebody that's going to come out there and be nasty and blow snot out of somebody's nose. And I really think that you can get that out of Daniel. And so is that what you're looking for in linemen at the senior bowl? Because you obviously played behind some great ones. What are you looking for in those drills? Is it the nastiness? Is it the technique? Is it a little bit of everything? It's a little bit of everything. But you, you definitely want a guy that you know is going to go out there and fight. You want a guy that you know that, hey, if he gets hit in the mouth, he's going to come back in the huddle and he's going to go to the line and he's going to go back and smack somebody in the mouth. And he's going to love doing that for the entire game. Like for as a running back, that's what I want to see. I want to run behind that guy. When it comes to pass protection, I like to get out and catch routes. You know, as a running back, I want a lineman that I know can hold his own so that I can get out in the route and I don't have to stay in and help. I don't have to stay in and chip. Like all of these things are critical, especially if you look at the National Football League now. You have a lot of teams that are throwing the ball to the backs out the backfield. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you don't, but if you don't have an offensive line that, that allows that, and that's something that kind of frustrated me watching the Jets is I saw a lot of times where the backs just weren't getting out or they weren't getting out in time. A large, they couldn't. Yeah, a large part of that is because the offensive line struggles. So uh, from a running back position, yes, I want to know if you're nasty, but I also want to know that you can hold your own because I want to go out and catch the ball. I don't want to stay in and, and have to pass protect all day. Yeah. You don't want to have to baby your offensive guard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't want that. You don't no, want not that. at all, not at all. And specifically for offensive linemen, for me, this is something that it's really hard to tell unless you're there or unless you're getting reports from somebody who was there specifically. But there is one thing that tape cannot really tell you, and that is how good of a trash talker some dude is. <laughs> so if you are an offensive lineman specifically, I want the dudes. There was a guy last year, Quinn Miners, who is the guard from Wisconsin <laughs> Whitewater, yep. who goes and becomes a third round pick of the Denver Broncos, started at right guard for them pretty much the whole year. And all you heard about him at the Senior Bowl was, oh, he's holding his own against top competition, and he's letting them know every time he does. <laughs> Those are the guys you want to look for. So especially if you're a guy like Daniel Falele, and you're 6'9", 380 pounds, act like it. Act like it. Don't just, if you win the rep, let them know. If you're out there and you're being the dominant force, make it be known, because that's the attitude, especially for the Jets coaching staff. And Dan Campbell is, is like lockstep with Robert Sala. Their yes. philosophies are very similar. That's why I think this is not to go on too much of a tangent, but you couldn't have picked two better staffs for this weekend because these guys are, it's going to be all about getting these players to work. It's going to be all about getting them motivated, having everybody working hard, practicing hard. It's not going to be any bad blood over who's getting to look at this prospect or, or anything like that. You got two guys leading the show that are going to do everything they can to make this all about the players. And they're going to be tough on them as they should. So I'm hoping that you get guys out there and you're a Daniel Falele and you are in your one-on-one -on -one run the arc drill and you snatch and trap somebody into the ground, yell at them, let them know. Cause I bet you're going to have Robert Sala and Dan Campbell cheering you up from the sidelines. I, that's what I'm interested to see. That's the attitude aspect and the personal human aspect that you don't get from watching tape of a player. And you really don't get unless you see them in person. Definitely, definitely. And with that high energy, frantic pace that Dan Campbell and Robert Sala seem to operate at, it's going to be interesting to see how they work with the offensive and the defensive linemen, because there's some stars on the D line here. 
Georgia's Devontae Wyatt. I can't wait to see him because he's going to be moving, shaking, dominating the O-lineman there. And then, Andrew, you yelled at me before the show that we stole Jermaine Johnson from you. From you. Yeah, let me go on a – let me actually go on a tangent real quick. Um, Jermaine Johnson might be my favorite player in the entire draft. This guy has only played 16 – started 16 games in his entire college career. He's a grad transfer. He started 16 games in his entire college career. He was literally on uh, the Netflix show Last Chance U uh, and at, went to the school there because he didn't graduate high school with a high enough GPA to play D1. Goes and plays two years there, transfers to Georgia, plays two years at Georgia, starts five or six games over two years at Georgia, grad transfers to FSU for this past season, and I'm pretty sure he led the ACC in sacks. And this is a guy that's 6'4", that's about 260, that is rocked the hell up, that looks like a what you want your starting defensive end to look like, that looks like the meanest dude you've ever seen. He's explosive, he's athletic, he can bend, he plays the run. He does everything. I was talking uh, with my co-host on my other show, the Oklahoma Drill Podcast, a few nights ago, as I've been getting my way through these defensive ends, and I was saying to him, what does he do wrong? What, what is his weakness? Tell me what is the, the glaring negative. And the only one we could come up with is that we wished he was a little more meticulous in his pass rush and planned his moves out better. It's not that he needs to develop more. It's not that he didn't have the moves or he only did one. It's that you just want to see him string it a little better. So he needs to be coached up slightly. That's our negative with him. Everything else is a positive. I ran him through my grading scale that I have for my uh, every prospect I have to get a numerical grading scale for when I actually do my breakdowns, makes things very even, let the math do the work. Jermaine Johnson is my edge two in this draft. My rankings right now are Kayvon Thibodeau one, Jermaine Johnson two, George Karloftis number three, Aiden Hutchinson, number four, and Kingsley Anigbari, who's a guy on the Lions roster, I believe, um, that is another good guy who's number five. But Jermaine Johnson blew me away. I'm, I was at the point a few weeks ago where I was hoping and praying that the Jets would take him with the 35th pick in the draft. Now I'm hoping and praying they take him with the 10th pick because if they don't, he's not going to be there. Whew. That is going to be a massive rise for Jermaine Johnson then. Just wait. When and, he goes to the Senior Bowl and then when he goes to the Combine and blows that up too, just wait. It's coming. Well, and just wait for the hate you're going to get from Lions fans. Because remember, most Lions fans, they're Michigan fans or Michigan State fans as well. So they're not going to be too happy with mm -hmm. your take on Aiden Hutchinson. However, I don't think any of these defensive linemen will be in play for the Lions because they're either taking Thibodeau or Hutchinson with that second overall pick. Uh, Lamont, have you watched either of these defensive ends uh, in, coming up in the draft, Thibodeau or Hutchinson? No, I haven't watched any of these guys. Um, I will tell you that I'm really interested in – I'm not even going to try to butcher this guy's name from Penn State. Oh, Ebiketti? Yes, yes. I'm really – listen, had a chance to call his games too. And if there's one thing that I know about that I – that worried me when the Turks were getting ready to play Penn State was how we handled their defensive line. And let me tell you, this guy, I really liked him. I, I really liked watching his film as far as preparing for the games, and I liked watching him live. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see, to see where he goes. For me, the senior bowl isn't so much about the higher guys 
as much as it is about those tweeners. You know, those those guys that I'll give you a perfect example for me, myself. I was the fifth back taken in my draft. Okay. That senior bowl, had I not played well, I may not have been a second round draft pick. You know, on my pro day, if I don't go out and run a four three, I may not have been a I may not have been a second round draft pick. For some of these guys who are kind of tweeners between are you going to be a, a you know, are you a third, fourth, or fifth round draft pick? I really think that those are the guys that will benefit the most out of the senior bowl. If you're a high up guy, the only thing you can do is go out there and hurt yourself and drop in your status. But when it comes to defensive ends, then he's a guy that I'm really interested in in seeing how he performs at the at the pro level. And if we're talking about defensive linemen, I mean, listen, anybody from Ohio State, you're going to take a look at them. Mm-hmm. Agree. I mean, the history of Ohio State with the guys that they have put into the draft and that they've put into the National Football League. For me, it doesn't matter if they're drafted first round, if they're drafted at all, or if they're a free agent. If I see a guy from Ohio State, I think I'm going to give him a chance to come to my camp to see what he's capable of doing. So that's why I'm really excited to watch the game, because I really want to see what these guys do in live action. There are guys that are practice guys. You have guys that will go out there in the practice and they will blow coaches away. And then those same guys would get out there in the middle of a game when national on national TV and go out there and get blown off the ball. And so that's why I'm really focusing on 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 this on on this game coming up. And like you said about Ohio state, just every year they're sending guys to the NFL top lower end middle. It's just a factory at wide receiver and at defensive line over in Ohio state. And we're looking at some of these other positions here too. the linebackers lions could really use a linebacker or two. Captain Alex Anzalone, he's a free agent, as is Jalen Reeves-Maben. Derek Barnes played okay. Jets, they drafted quite a few guys at linebacker last year. Have C.J. Mosley as well. Is that a position they're probably avoiding then? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Um, They did add a handful of guys, uh, and I'm probably the biggest fan of Jamie and Sherwood uh, that exists. Uh, so I'm still going to be confident in him. But the two guys that they took at linebacker were former safeties. So they were both safeties in college, but neither of them were were about above 220. Um, Hamza Dean was 6'4", 220. Jamie and Sherwood, 6'2", 215. They're lighter guys. And what we saw with the Jets defense this year is they got the ball ran down their throats. They need some guys that can defend the runs. They really don't have any right now. So I think the door is wide open for linebacker. CJ Mosley is going to be on the team next year just because of his contract, but I think it's his last year in New York. Quincy Williams played well, started a handful of uh, games. The story of him being Quinn and Williams' brother is awesome, and I hope that he continues to play well so that he can continue to start. But I'm not sitting here saying that we're 100% comfortable with him starting next year either. I think they could add a linebacker. Uh, and the guy in particular that they had on their roster who we're not sure about, we'll mention this now because we already mentioned Hassan Haskins a little bit. There's three guys that we're not all sure if they're going to be there because their names were taken off the media list, but their names are still listed on the official Senior Bowl website list. And that's Jahan Dotson, the receiver from Penn State. Hassan Haskins, as I mentioned, we talked about uh, the running back from Michigan. Um, and Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. Devin that's Lloyd, the, one the, that... the top guy, that's the guy that I – I don't think the Jets will take a linebacker early. 
I think if they do take a linebacker, it'll be in the middle of the rounds. Uh, so the two guys that I would mention, uh, another Penn State guy is Jesse Lukita, um, who's Canadian, funny enough, A yeah. as well. Shout out to Jack Cavanaugh. Um, so he's a guy that's just do whatever you ask of him. He'll, he'll blitz, he'll play coverage, he'll stop the run. He's not going to be overly amazing at all of them, but he's going to be effective and he's not going to, he's got a good motor. He's going to play hard. Probably going to be one of the guys that plays in the league for five, six years, does great while he's there, you know, but never is anything amazing. And then the other guy uh, is Chad Mumma, the linebacker from Wisconsin, uh, Wyoming. I have a couple of people that I talk to on the regular, uh, David Wyatt Hupton in particular, who's another uh, Jets writer who works for the Jets way and also just got on with Jets X Factor. He is in love with Chad Mama. He he would do anything to get this guy on his team. That's his coverage ability, instincts, can play the run as well. Uh, there's The Jets are going to need linebackers. I don't know if they're going to do it through free agency. I don't know if they're going to bet on Quincy Williams. I don't know if they're going to give the guys that drafted last year a shot, but I do. They're going to need somebody and I don't know where it comes from, but whatever they have now is not the end of the road. I think when it comes to the linebacker position. um, For for us, I just wasn't happy with our lack of being physical at the point of attack with regards to blocks. Agreed taking on blocks, meaning when those linemen are coming at a linebacker, our linebackers were horrible with getting off of those blocks. And listen, Mosley did a great job, did a good job, had a lot of tackles, but there were a number of plays where I was just seeing him getting blown off the ball. You can't have that at the linebacker position. So if you know, if I'm a coach and I'm coming into this game, I'm not looking for a linebacker that played against a bunch of read option teams. I want to see a linebacker who, okay, I want to see what, what, how did you do against a team that has a fullback? Like that's the film that I'm watching. I want to see how did you do against a team where that ball is coming downhill at you? You can protect your middle linebacker with going nickel or, you know, adding extra DB going dime or whatever the case may be. But what you absolutely need from your middle linebacker is a guy that's going to be a thumper. And I think that that's what the jets are missing is that thumper. I don't know if we're going to get that out of out of the senior bowl. I don't know if they're going to get that out of the draft. But I also think that just like the running back position, um, I would love to see what the free agent market brings for linebackers to see if we can get, you know, maybe a linebacker that's been in the league for about three years that kind of has a promising future that we can kind of bring in to kind of fill that void. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's really, those, that's really my feelings on, on the linebacker position. I don't, I don't want a guy that has only played against read option. If you've only played against read option, when it comes to those third and one situations, when it comes to those goal line situations, when it comes to yes. being on the field on a defense where offense is in a four minute drill, do you have a guy that the defense, that the offensive line has to say, we have to keep an eye on, on that guy. He's bringing the noise. That is the type of linebacker that the Jets need to get. And that's kind of what the Lions need as well. We're almost in the same boat. Jerry Ball, my co-host, he talks about leaky tackles all the time. It's, yeah, you're making the tackle, but it's six yards downfield. That's not helping us. And so that's what I'm hoping the Lions will address. Quay Walker and Channing Tindall out of Georgia. Very excited about them because they come from the SEC. They shut down Michigan completely. And Michigan is that, as Lamont was talking earlier, they're a pro-style downhill offense. And Walker and Tyndall had no problem. So those are the guys I'm really excited to see. 
I hope we see Devin Lloyd as well. We'll wait and see on that. And then in the secondary too, there's a lot of nice pieces here. Lions are in a bit of an awkward situation because right now they need two starting safeties. They better re-sign Tracy Walker. That's their number one priority this offseason. But they definitely need another safety. And then at corner, they have kind of four people who can start, but Jerry Jacobs and uh Jerry Jerry Jacobs and uh what? Am I but Jeff Akuda? Oh, geez, Louise, how could I forget Jeff Akuda's name? Jeff Akuda coming off season-ending injuries, so they could invest there. They might not. It's it's very confusing because of how much Aaron Glenn values his secondary, and he might even be gone now that Sean Payton's retired, which I will be very sad about. Yeah, the defensive backs are interesting because the Jets are in a similar boat where they have some guys they like that they drafted last year that started most of the season that played well enough to warrant another look, but not so great to where you're against upgrading them if the situation presents itself. Um, so that's that's interesting. I already mentioned Jalen Petrie um, earlier before the Jets roster. He's a guy that I think could find a home as a strong safety in the NFL. Um, maybe not the guy that you want in the box on every single down, because I think he's still got some coverage ability as well. Um, But for the Jets in particular, they have their safeties. uh, Their safeties play man coverage a good amount, uh, especially on third down. Um, So I think that could be a spot where they would be looking to add somebody like that. In terms of corners, the top dog is Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati. Um, I feel like every team that wants a corner is going to be interested in this guy. Uh, Sauce Gardner's counterpart, which I always had a had a soft spot for guys like that, where you have two guys in a duo that are both good, that the guy who gets targeted more usually ends up being better because they're facing more attention. They're dealing. It's one thing to smother guys, and Sauce Gardner smothers people. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But Kobe Bryant was the guy that still had to hold his own. And to go out and win the award as the nation's best DB – with your teammate is getting all the attention. I, I like him a lot. Um, there's, it's really interesting. This DB group, there is, there isn't anybody that I would say overall where we were talking about top guys. I don't think any of these guys are first round picks. So it'll be interesting to see if some of them have good weeks, especially with how hard it is playing DB and, and the drills um, to see if they can come out on top. I've, for me, defensive back for the Jets is another position that I say go to the free agents market. Agreed. We're a really young team. And I think that that's something that came back to hurt us. And, 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 you know, I like your feedback on this, Drew, also. I think the youth of the Jets is what came back to hurt us. And I think yeah. that now is the time. I, I really believe that if you look across the board for, for us at every position, I think we have a young guy that you say, okay, we can build something. We have a future with this guy. What we're missing is that veteran leadership. I think we have the veteran leadership at the linebacker position with Mosley. Uh, but I think that we need to get that in the secondary also. So when I'm looking at running backs, linebackers in the secondary position, I'm hoping that the Jets will make a move during the preseason. I'm sorry, during the uh, during free agency to help upgrade their roster. The one thing that, that you know, the one thing about this senior bowl that whether you're a Lions fan or a Jets fan, you should be excited about is the fact that you have two teams that regardless of what the record was, their coaches got them to go out and play every single game. 
And I think that that's something that's not talked about enough. I'm going to be honest with you. I came into the season saying, hey, I know I'm going to lose some, but I'm betting whoever's playing the Lions, I'm taking them all season long. And I found out the hard way that, you know what, this Lions team has some fighters, just like this Jets team has some fighters. And so I'm, I'm excited about this senior bowl that you have two teams that, in my opinion, are relatively young. All right. They have, well, I can speak for us. I know that we're young. We have two head coaches that are coming to their second year. All right. And we have head coaches that have teams that have proven that regardless of what the record is, that they're going to go out there and play for four quarters for an entire season. So if you're a, if you're a player at this senior bowl and you get a chance to be around these coaches, you know, you want to be a part of that because the one thing about going to a young team as a young player, you don't have to worry about a vet that's been there for a while that may be a hall of famer. Like myself, I got giant, I got drafted to the jets. I'm backing up Curtis Martin. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, I'm, I'm 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 backing up one of the most dependable and durable running backs. All right. Yeah. Whereas, if you look at the if you look at the Lions and if you look at the Jets, if you're a young player and you want to come in and play right away, you want to come to a team that you can make a difference. Then these are two teams with young head coaches that are looking for young guys that can come in and make a difference. Yeah, and most importantly, their philosophies—they don't care if you're young. There's a lot of guys that are the old guard NFL coaches that don't like playing younger players and they'll have a shorter leash with those younger guys because they they want the veteran experience and they don't have time to wait for people to develop. Dan Campbell and Robert Sala are the opposite of those guys. They are all about giving players their time to grow using their roles. They they believe they are teachers more than they are coaches or or that those words are are synonyms of each other. And and they they put the players first. This is uh, this is going to be a, a great, really great week overall. Uh, Jack, I think a good way to maybe wrap things up, not to take over your hosting duties real quick, but we haven't talked about the quarterbacks yet. And of while the Jets are the in a position, last. yes, sir. While the Jets are not in a position to be drafting a quarterback, the Lions might be. Uh, and the guys on the Jets roster, I think, are the guys they might look into. So who would you want to have your Lions be interested in more than anybody? Oh, well, see, with the roster that the Lions have built at quarterback with Sam Howell, with Malik Willis, and with Bailey Zappi, they clearly are leaning towards a rushing quarterback, which is the opposite of Jared Goff, the opposite of Carson Strong, who is on your roster. And Kenny Pickett's a little bit mobile. We all saw the fake slide, but... He and Desmond Ritter, they'll be in the conversation too. It really depends on when they want the quarterback. And I'm an advocate with the Lions that 2023 is the draft class for them with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So for this one, I'm looking at some of the later quarterbacks, such as Bailey Zappi, because he's going to go third, fourth round, bring in a young guy because Tim Boyle isn't the answer at backup quarterback. So why not take a shot like that? I know, Andrew, you think that Car- or that uh, Desmond Ritter is going to go way too early if the Lions are drafting a quarterback in round two. Yeah, every year there's one quarterback that ends up rising to the top because teams need quarterbacks. It's just a- an inevitable fact, and it's the most valuable position in sports. So that's going to drive players up the board, even if they don't deserve to go as highly as they do. Daniel Jones was the sixth pick in the draft. 
Dwayne Haskins went top 15. EJ Manuel was a first round pick. And, and I'm not trying to compare Desmond Ritter to any of those guys. Cause I think Desmond Ritter is a good player. I like him a lot. Uh, I really think that he has a bright future and could play in this league, but some team I think is going to end up overdrafting him. And it's going to be a trade up scenario more likely than anything else for a team saying, we need to go make a move to get our quarterback. And it, it's, it's only a matter of time. So I don't think that Ritter will be in play, but I think Malik Willis could be in play. Mm-hmm. I think Carson Strong maybe could be in play, although I do in, am intrigued by your mobility aspect. I do think that there is something to that there. Um, Zappy's an interesting name. Uh, Sam Howell too. Yeah. He had a career year rushing. So it's going to be interesting. And I, with the Lions going to more of a rushing style quarterback or a dual threat, at least, what does that do for an offense, Lamont? Because Zach Wilson, he showed a little bit of uh, a little bit of juice on the ground this year. Me personally, give me a quarterback that can throw from the pocket. Yep, that can make enough plays with his feet. Mm-hmm. For me, Aaron Rodgers is that guy. Yeah, you know he's not going to dominate you like 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 Lamar Jackson or like a, a Patrick Mahomes, but he's going to defeat you in every other area. And so for me, I'm worried about the running style quarterbacks. And if you look, personally, I, I would be shocked if any. The only way you move up and you and you basically sell the farm to move up to get any of these guys is if you feel like that there is nobody in free agency and that there's nobody in the draft next year that is worth it. I to be honest with you, none of these quarterbacks really strike me as a guy that I need to take in the first round. Um, I, I'm just not seeing it. I, I'm, I'm really not seeing it. The problem is, is that, you know, if you take maybe the top six or seven quarterbacks in the National Football League, if you look at everybody else, everybody else to me is just a guy. They, I mean, they're they're just a guy. Even golf, you know, golf, yep. is, you know, he's just a guy. He's a guy that's fully capable of getting the job done. But to me, he's just a guy. And so I think the state of the National Football League at the quarterback position, listen, I grew up, I thought I was going to be a quarterback. I didn't pay a lot of attention to a whole lot of running backs. I had an opportunity to watch Joe Montana, Dan Marino, John Elway, Boomer Esiason, Warren Moon, Steve Young. I mean, the list can go on and on. I came up in a time where every week when you turned on the National Football League, you see two quarterbacks going at each other's throat. I don't think that that's the case for the National Football League right now. And so I just don't none of these guys really strike me as a guy that, you know, I like Pickett is okay, you know, but it. For all of these guys, for me, it's just, hey, let's see what you do when you get to the National Football League. Because when I look at this list right here, I, I don't see a national champion. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I don't see a national champion. So for me, I think that this is going to be a draft that offensive linemen, defensive linemen are going to go very high. I think when you look across the National Football League, you look at the New York Giants, they have problems. They have struggles with their offensive line. You look at us with the Jets. I think that we have issues with our offensive line. We need a pass rush, too. We had no pass pass rush at the end of the year. So I think that, if anything, you would see more people move up to grab a defensive player or grab one of these offensive linemen before you see a team move up to grab a quarterback, which to me 
it's going to say a lot about these quarterbacks because let's say that scenario happens. Now I want to see which one of these guys has that chip on his shoulder because now he's been humbled. You know, yeah, you, yeah. Miss, you miss a bowl game because you want to get ready for the senior bowl. You want to get ready for the combine and things of that nature. Now you don't go as high. Now, which one of these guys is going to have a chip on their shoulder and going to go out there and take it? We yeah, saw what yeah, happened wanna... with Aaron Rodgers. He the chip sure worked for him when he fell in the draft. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. Lamont, I want to counter you real quick because I agree with everything that you said. But the one difference here is that you have to look at the quality of those positions. I agree. This is going to be a year when offensive and defensive linemen go highly. And I agree that none of these quarterbacks are knock your socks off amazing to where you're sitting there going, I have to trade up for this guy, or this is a guaranteed top three, number one overall pick type of guy. But there's five defensive ends that I like as first round picks there's maybe one quarterback as a late first in Desmond Ritter. Mm -hmm. The difference in what's available might drive a team, because it's only going to take one, might drive a team to feel that they have to go and get their guy. And I agree, the next year's class looks better. But we've seen examples of that year after year where that ends up not being true. Mm -hmm. There were people, not but last year, who said the Jets should not take Zach Wilson and should take somebody else at second overall because Spencer Rattler is going to be available <laughs> next year. Remember that talk? Yes. Remember that we can't take Zach Wilson because Spencer mm-hmm. Rattler's coming out next year? Mm-hmm. So let's not sit here with this mindset that Bryce Young, as good as Bryce Young looks, and I'm not trying to disparage him either, but we don't know what the future holds. And so if a team gets that their decision is, we are going to trade up for a quarterback. They, there isn't that many quarterbacks available to where it gives them more reason to do so. Where if you like Desmond Ritter at, at pick, what's the, the Lions' second round pick? They, sorry, it depends on where, or the second pick, or second round pick will be the se- second pick of the second round, so 34. Okay. So 34, okay. So if you're the Lions and you really like Malik Willis or you really like you know somebody like that, I could see them taking him with their later first round pick because they're worried that he might not make it to the second pick of the second round. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the last pick in the first round is traded. A lot of times teams get in to secure that fifth fifth round option. Mm -hmm. And the Lions pick is going to be at worst 28th or at best 28th. Um, So there's options for quarterbacks to go earlier than they should because there's a lot of talented offensive linemen. We talked about Darian Kennard. We talked about Belele. There's a guy we didn't even mention whose tape I got into today. That was Trevor Penning at Northern Iowa. He's Ooh, another yeah. mammoth, 6'7", 321, runs well, bullies guys. There's there's depth in that position. We talked about the defensive end. We talked about the defensive linemen. There's going to be guys available later than they should at those positions because it's a deeper group. And you will have guys going higher that are the top guys. But the scarcity of this class is at positions like quarterback. Is at positions like linebacker, where after Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd, no one's a first-round pick. So you're going to have those guys, I think, positional value is going to be more important than maybe people realize. I don't disagree. Like I said, I don't disagree with any of your reasoning, Lamont. I completely agree with it. I just think if you're a team that you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you, you need a new quarterback and none of the free agents you like are available – 
do you want to bottom out and hope that things go next year? Or would you rather make a move for a guy now and give him time to grow? I don't know. It might not be what I would do, but teams, especially NFL teams, make stupid decisions all the time. So to just sit here and assume that every NFL team is going to make a smart decision is proven wrong by history. This is very much true. There's no arguing with that. <laughs> We're Lions and Jets fans. We know that firsthand. Oh, the Matt Millen era still still haunts my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Now I will now Drew, I will say this. I'm I, I'm a fan of the underdog. I, I am a fan of the underdog. And because none of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, I, I just don't feel like that there's one that really separates himself. I just feel like that there are guys out there, and I think that we 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 I think that we 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 see this. There's a guy out there that may get drafted in later rounds that turns out to be better than all of these quarterbacks that are up here. We don't, I don't know, disagree with that. We don't no. know if these scouts and if these coaches are seeing this and saying, well, let's not waste a first or second round pick on one of these guys when we can get a guy later in a draft who's no different than this guy. The only difference is maybe they just didn't play against a big time D1 competition because sometimes that's what separates a guy. I mean, you see it all the time. You take a guy because they, they played against all of this great competition, but then when they get to the National Football League, they, they're nowhere to be found. Whereas you have that guy that's in the fourth or fifth round that didn't necessarily play against top competition, but if it's one thing that their film showed is that they were very consistent. And so with this draft, because, because none of these guys stick out, for me, this draft is going to be a little different than, than, than the, the past few drafts. Because the quarterback position is not it to me, this quarterback position is not a beautiful draft. Other drafts look at it, you could say, Oh man, this this I'm really excited to see what's going to happen here. Then you also have to take into effect the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. You have to take into effect, you know, the the, the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. I you think know, there's one team in play for that. I think oh, it's Denver, I think it's Denver or bust. Denver bus with with a rod with, with Aaron Rodgers, yeah. After they signed Nathaniel Hackett, I hey, as a Lions fan, if you want to get Aaron Rodgers out of the division, uh, yeah, by all means, right? Sign me up, Jack. Let me ask you this: as a Lions fan, you're in this division. Do you think Minnesota will take a quarterback? I true, I I think they will because I think they're going to trade Kirk Cousins. They're going for the hard reset. Their cap situation's not great. <laughs> And I think they'll probably try to because Kellen Mond, they drafted in the third round last year, sounds as though at least Mike Zimmer didn't love him at all. So I could really see the Vikings either drafting a quarterback or signing someone like Marcus Mariota to compete with Kellen Mond. Those are the two scenarios because I think Kirk Cousins is gone. Okay. Then I would say, then, I mean, it's just something that, that came up because I'm just listening to some different shows and, you know, I'm here in the Washington area, so I'm very familiar with Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I was just curious to know what your thoughts were from your division. Is that a team that would be looking to upgrade a quarterback? Because to me, when I look at the Minnesota Vikings, I think they have a lot of speed, but they just don't have a quarterback that can get that speed to ball. Mm -hmm. yep. And so, you know, is this perhaps is this a team that may – you know, if we're talking about teams that may move up and take a quarterback in the draft, I'm thinking that the Minnesota Vikings, you said it, you said it, hey, they drafted a third round pick, doesn't look like it may work out. 
this may be a scenario that meant that the Minnesota Vikings could very well be a team that's willing to 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 move up, get rid of some things just to get a better yep. just to get a better quarterback. So that'll be interesting to watch. It will be because new GM, new head coach, do they want their hand-picked guy right now? Exactly. Do they want to wait a little bit? Because you know at some point, every coach and GM wants to hand-pick their guy. Talk on it. Yeah, unless unless you're gifted Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, the, the variable that I don't think that, that we're quite realizing enough is that we still have GM and coaching hires that have to go be made official. And we don't know what a new cleaned house regime is going to want to do where that makes it. There's a lot of teams that have new general managers more so than just head coaches. And you said it, Jack, they're going to want to tie themselves to their own guy. It's why Joe Douglas just got rid of Sam Darnold. It's why he went and said, I'm going to have my coach and I'm going to have my quarterback and I'm going to tie those two together. And it's my decision. They're paired. I can see the Vikings adding a new head coach. Maybe the GM says, let's blow it up. Let's restart it. We'll trade someone like Daniel Hunter to get an asset, and we'll use that to move up in the draft. We don't know. We don't Even know the what Bears, any of these teams The Bears, do. new right. head coach, new GM. I am a big Justin Fields fan, but who's to say they are? It's, it's going to be a wild offseason. Yeah, absolutely. I really think that – I think the closer we get to the draft, the more likely it'll be, quite honestly. Now, Drew, to that point that you just made, that is a scenario also where one of these guys can wind up going early. You got a yep. new head coach. You have a new GM. You have a new head coach. The new head coach may come in and want to run a college-style offense, and he wants to run it. He wants a quarterback that's more of a running threat. Now we can look at we can look at one of these guys that are in a draft that can do that. Um, so you know that it, it's going to be really interesting. It's just the Vikings were a team that that. Um, you know, we're on here with you that I was really thinking about because, I mean, listen, from an offensive perspective, the Vikings are loaded. Yeah, they are. You have a running back. You know, you have two. You got two. You got, you know, you, you, I mean, you have everything that you need from an offensive standpoint. Now I think that what the Vikings need is a quarterback that can actually throw the ball deep to utilize the speed that they have. And so, you know, that's that's, you know, Drew, it's interesting that you brought that point up because that's not something that I really thought about, about the new head coaches, the new GMs. That's a scenario that one of these guys could possibly go higher than than I think that they should simply right. because one of these new GMs looks at this draft. This is my first draft. I don't want to wait till next year to try to get one of these guys. Let's just take the best quarterback in the draft now and let's just see how this works out. It's it's going to be a fun off season and hopefully we can get together at another point in the off season and chat about all of the crazy moves that are about to be made. Cause this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for joining me here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. This was, this was a blast. I, we will definitely try and be back for sure. This will not be the last time. Indeed. Indeed. Sounds great. I can't wait. And so before we get you out of here, do you have any pluggables to plug other than your beautiful Believe in Jets podcast? Uh, yeah, make sure you guys go follow uh, my other podcast, the Oklahoma Drill podcast there. Uh, Lamont and I are also going to start doing some film draft breakdowns for Jets X Factor. That's coming Ooh. real soon. So if you want to check uh, me and him doing some live breakdowns of some college film as well as some free agents, get firsthand former experience from an NFL player breaking down tape uh, and me throwing some jokes in with him every now and again. 
It's going to be a great show. Uh, make sure you guys tune in for that. That'll be on Jets X Factor. Yeah, for me, hey, I'm I'm on social media. You all can check me out. I'm at Lamont uh, Lamont Jordan underscore thirty four on Instagram um, at Coach Jordan thirty four on Twitter. And hey, listen, we know that the Super Bowl is coming up. We know that that there will be no tackle football for a while. But I will tell you that I am the, the new general manager for the D.C. Divas. That's a women's tackle football team here. Um, our season starts in April. So, you know, whether you're listening to our podcast with Andrew or, I, or myself, you know, follow me on social media because I have some things coming out. Those of you all who want to see tackle football in the spring, in April, there is a women's football league, the Washington Divas. You can go to dcdivas.com and check us out. And um, that's pretty much it for me. Well, I can't wait to check that out because it's such a long off season without tackle football. I can't wait to check out the DC Divas. Can't wait to talk to you guys again later this off season. And until we're back next week, we will see you next time. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.